This episode of No Bad Food is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Are you a producer of artisan food or drinks looking to get your name out there? Look no further. Whiskey Lane's team of social media, branding, and marketing experts is here to help. They'll take care of all that stuff for you so that you can focus on doing what you do best, making awesome products for your customers. Here at No Bad Food, we know that buying locally made products goes a long way toward making our world more sustainable, and that's why we're proud to be sponsored by Whiskey Lane. So, what are you waiting for? Grab your nearest artisan cheese or homebrewed IPA and run to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And remember, that's whiskey the Canadian way. Without any. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind. We'll take it slow this time. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, celebrating the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Today, we're talking all about one of my personal favorites, lasagna. Before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. Now, if you've been following me online for long enough, you might know that today's topic is one that I hold near and dear to my heart, a food that I've been cooking for years and love nearly as much as I hate Mondays. Lasagna, while typically used as a blanket term to refer to the baked lasagna, is actually just the name of the noodle. The lasagna noodle, a wide, flat, long noodle, is one of the oldest known types of pasta, which makes sense considering that its shape and size make it kind of a really obvious go-to for quick pasta making. It, it's, it's like cutting a piece of paper. It's it's wide and long. <laughs> it's not complicated. You don't need a special extruder to make it. You can just roll out your pasta dough and take a knife to it. You're you're set. <laughs> the first recorded recipe using lasagna comes to us from the 14th century Liber de Coquina, or Book of Cookery, and was a bit lighter than what we've come to expect today, served in tiny squares with cheese and spices sprinkled on top, and eaten with a toothpick. This sounds like a great appetizer, but I'm going to stick with my modern-day fat stack, thanks. Today, when we think of lasagna, it's usually a layered dish with tomato sauce, ricotta, and whatever else tickles your fancy, stacked as high as your casserole dish will allow and baked to perfection with melted cheese on top. If it sounds rich and decadent, that's because it is. But it's also one of those magical dishes that can pull all of that off without costing a fortune to make. <laughs> anyway, I could ramble about this for hours and hours, but I think we'll have a little more fun if I bring in a second voice to the equation. And that second voice today is someone I hope that you will love at least half as much as I do. 
All right, everybody. My guest on this week's episode of the No Bad Food Podcast is Tess Hazel. Tess is one of the co-hosts of the debate. No, God, how do I do this you every time? It. I you fuck it up. It. I fuck. I was up. hoping. Oh, I was so excited. I was oh. hoping you would mess this up. I do oh this my God. every I can't time. You did so early. It's oh. so good. Oh wow, my God, this is fantastic. I am. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> <right> now. <laughs> oh wow. Well. <laughs> the joy you just made me feel. Leave it to me to once again mix up, debate this, and left trigger, right trigger. My two favorite video game podcasts that both come out on Tuesdays with friends I met at PodCon. Oh, well, oh, Test man, does not host debate so... this. Test hosts no. left trigger, right trigger, the video mm-hmm. game book club podcast uh, that you just very recently heard Giovanni Colantonio on as well. And also Full Metal Bazinga. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm aware of Full Metal Bazinga. I was on that show. I did it. I made it happen. It's been like two years, Tom. And we recently finished that show. Like we had the two-year anniversary of the show ending recently. Oh, I know. But you know, I I have to bring it up every time because otherwise, you guys aren't going to get that good like residual SEO or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Full Metal yeah. Bazinga was a blast, and <laughs> we will never do something quite like that again. But maybe we will. I don't know. Yeah, the young Sheldon's got to end eventually, right? Anyway, let's not put more horrible things like that out into the universe, and let's instead Mm -hmm. uh, explore the joy of food a little bit. So I always like to get my guests to tell me a little bit about themselves and their, you know, relationship to food right at the top of the show. So uh, how about you do that? Paint us a little picture. Sure, sure. Um, So I guess, like, my relationship to food is complicated, it's interesting because I was actually just talking about this in therapy uh, this week. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do have to like, I'm in the process of like evaluating and figuring out what my relationship to food actually is because for a long time, it was just the idea of like, I must put fuel into the body so the body can do work um, and the work can ma- help me live and put more fuel in the body. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It was a very like kind of grim and austere approach to food and just also my life in general. That said, it wasn't always like that. You know, when I was younger, you know, one side of my family is Italian, the other side is like Swedish and um, uh, Russian. And I got a whole bunch, whole bunch of just like most of Europe mm-hmm. mixed up in there. Um, so I did have like big holiday meals that were very warm and complex and (laughs) had a lot of steps involved in them uh just kind of like a a, you know a big big family get together where it would be like okay like you get together for easter you get together for whatever the holiday is and you know we're gonna have a gigantic meal um that had parts from all over the place there were some italian parts there were some polish parts there were some russian parts there was all types of stuff mixed in there yeah yeah i get that i I think like there's something to adulthood i think that when you are a young adult especially food as fuel becomes kind of the thing for a while right Mm -hmm. like it's it's very easy to fall into that trap of like okay well i need to eat in order to live and so i'm gonna just put whatever food i can into me that's gonna you know get me there and like uh, rediscovering the joy of eating for more than just fuel purposes is like yeah. something that I think everyone has to go through at some point. And uh, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, no, it's, it's real. And like, I do like intentionally try to like sit down and enjoy food. Um, it is hard. It's hard because of like 
all types of different reasons um, that have to do with like my brain and my mental health and my, you know, all types of stuff like that. But I will say like, you know, it's much easier for me to like sit down and cook a meal for like other people. Mm -hmm. That's, that's something where it's like, Oh, of course I do this. Like there's this idea in me of like how to host someone, how to care for someone, how to, uh, you know, make their day a little bit better. And often that includes making some type of good meal Mm -hmm. uh, for all of us to enjoy. Uh, And one of those things that I used to make a lot of the time was lasagna. I would make, you know, different lasagnas, play around with recipes and things like that but yeah so just making a big dish for a lot of people is like one of the things that like was easier for me to do and Mm -hmm. it's something that like i really do enjoy doing for other people and sharing with them yeah totally i get that i think i have the same issue of like if i'm just fending for myself i'm like okay i will cut a couple slices of salami off of the log and uh go back to work and that will be my lunch. Right. But if I'm feeding other people, it's like, okay, cool. I can actually invest in this a little bit, which is maybe not the most healthy, but also now that I have kids, I am constantly feeding other people. So there's kind of a, yeah. I don't have to worry about it as much, but I definitely get yeah. that. Like having, I think especially when the food that we eat is tied to our mental health and mm-hmm. like, I think that when, I don't know if this is true for you, but but for me, when I am in kind of low places with my mental health, self-care and especially like self-sustaining, like like eating especially and like mm-hmm. doing things that feel like they give me energy and life uh, kind of become not a priority a lot of the time. And that kind of becomes a vicious cycle, obviously. And I think that there's something to the idea that, you know, feeding other people is both a way to motivate yourself to cook which then makes you eat better than you would if you were just you know eating depression food but then also feeding other people seeing people spending time with those people nourishing those people can be really nourishing for you as well on a like emotional and mental level yeah yeah Yeah. no i i understood that's that's very true to like a lot of what i'm experiencing with the additional thing that's like well you know there is a if we're talking about it listen we're having we'll talk about mental health here right we could just get into this stuff yeah, yeah of course cool so like one of the things that i struggle with a lot is like it's like i said it's very easy for me to cook for other people i enjoy cooking for other people it's good for all of us to be together like it, it's a it's a positive experience helps me like feel more whole and recovered and things like that the flip side of that is is that there's a real sense of like unworth or just like undeservedness when I want to just cook for myself. Mm-hmm. So like when I want to like make myself a meal or like just a basic lunch when I'm like not seeing anyone else that day or something like that, it's like, well, I don't need to do it. Well, I don't need to do anything special. I don't even need to enjoy this. I just need to get through it so right. that I continue to do the work I'm doing. Right. Um, and that's also something that like, you know, I don't think is especially healthy. Like there, there is a, a little bit like an unhealthiness within this type of very healthy practice of like wanting to be together and provide food and socialize. That's like, well, do I still feel like I deserve that type of treatment for myself when I'm alone? Right. And if I can't answer that positively, if I can't say, yeah, obviously I deserve and feel like should feel like I am nourishing myself with a good meal with quote unquote good meal, right? With with a, a meal that like I'm enjoying sure. and taking the time to enjoy, then it's a little bit troublesome. And that's just something I'm dealing with like personally. And mm-hmm. like I said, like my relationship to food is in flux. It's sure. 
I'm working on it. I'm trying to get better at it. Yeah, I get that. I think like mm-hmm. I think it is probably more universal than we think. This instinct mm-hmm. to provide for other people more than providing for ourselves. Like I think obviously there are people who just like don't cook at all and can't, or you know can't cook and right. don't feel motivated by that. But I think like among yeah. people who like you know have the ability and the like interest at all in preparing food in any form, they're probably it's probably safe to say that like most people do feel a little bit more invested, I guess, in making something that they're going to share with people than in making something just for themselves. Like even like mental health stuff aside. But I think that when that kind of, you know, instinct that we have, because I think people are just human beings are, are community driven at the, Mm -hmm. at the heart of it. Right. We are relational beings. We, I mean, like other animals, we like to, you know, we have an instinct to to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Propagate the species, I guess. But like, not sure. Not just like, <laughs> like, like I don't mean we just want to you know fucking make babies. I mean like we. I mean we do a lot of the time. But like I, I think that you know we have this instinct of preservation of the species, and part of that is providing food and whatnot. But I think that when that instinct that we have as like a base thing then gets combined with you know a a lack of self-worth or a lack of you know self-empathy i guess Mm -hmm. that's that's when it starts to get really like tricky and muddy and so i mean i I, all this to say i hope that you know you're able to get to a place where you can like you know see yourself as a separate person sometimes in relation to food and (laughs) and then you know treat yourself the way that you would want to treat other people i guess yeah, yeah. Well, th- thank you for that. Um, I hope for that for myself too. Um, but yeah, no, you're you're correct. Like mutual aid is a factor in evolution. It's something that like we do because we want to care for each other, right. and it's better for it. Like there is a net benefit to everyone doing that. Um, yeah. What the tricky part, and I've figured out a more concise way to say this, is mm-hmm. that like when it comes down to like, oh, I must like give so much of myself i must be like sacrificing Mm -hmm. or you know in the act of preparing food for everyone i must be sweating i must (laughs) be putting all this extra work into it and Mm -hmm. really just like almost injuring myself sure yeah uh, in the or injuring oneself in the process of of creating this food or this you know scenario that everyone's going to sit there and like enjoy and be together right um that's where it's like no maybe maybe you can do this in a way where you're not hurting yourself (laughs) you know yeah out of curiosity and and if Mm -hmm. this isn't something you're comfortable talking about on the show we can cut it but out of curiosity were you raised in the church by any chance oh you know i think we (laughs) talked about this a little bit um when you are on LTRT for the cow episode, right. but you know, I was raised Catholic um, <laughs> and uh, I didn't, I wasn't like, you know, huge into like going to church all sure. the time, but I did in like, obviously that stuff was there from a very early age. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 yeah it sounds kind of, sounds kind of like, <laughs> not that there's necessarily a correlation at all there, mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um, speaking of things bit. that are speaking of things that are Catholic, mm-hmm. Roman, I'm making the trans- transition. <laughs> Italian. <here. laughs> Italian, why don't you grow up and you find yourself a nice Catholic lasagna, <laughs> and you know a good Catholic lasagna for you <laughs> to bring into the family, who's going to treat you right? 
Oh dear. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk lasagna. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about lasagna. That Horrendous transition. I'm a bad person. <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, so yeah, uh, when we were chatting before the show about what mm-hmm. food to talk about, I put it out there and I was like, well, what, what do you like to eat? Is there anything that's kind of like, you know, meaningful for you? And you were like, you love a lasagna. And uh, yeah, I don't know if this is something that you knew about me. I used to do a lot of YouTube stuff. Um, it's a time of my life no. that I uh, consider as formative, but don't necessarily promote or put out into the world that much anymore. Uh, partly because I'm a little bit proud of some of the work I did, but also because I don't like doing it. So I'm like, if I put it out okay. there in the world, I'm going to have that tension of like, oh, you know, I'm proud of this, but I'm going to feel like I have to do more and I hate doing it. So I like don't put it out there. Right. I made a video back in 2016, four years ago now, I guess. So yeah, Uh this show already existed, but in a different form, uh, called How to Make Lasagna. (laughs) Uh, It was a six and a half minute video where I taught people how to make lasagna. I, uh, you know, cooked a lasagna on camera. I, I showed all the ingredients. I did the thing. I did a dumb voice through all of it. And I baked a beautiful lasagna on camera. And for a very long time after that, I would meet people and they would be like, uh, not, you know, complete strangers. I would meet mutual friends and they would be like, oh, I've seen you on YouTube. You're that lasagna guy. And uh, it was such a part of me for such a long time that I uh, now don't make lasagna nearly as often as I used to because every time I do, I'm like, oh, people are going to say something about this. That being said, mm-hmm. I fucking love lasagna. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so tell me about you and lasagna. What is your yeah. what is your deep connection to it? My deep connection to it. My connection to it was uh, that it was relatively... So first off, one, relatively inexpensive for me to do. I really got into making lasagna after I finished my undergraduate degree, mm-hmm. and I was very much struggling uh, to make ends meet. And sure. I was like, well, I can throw all these ingredients together in a hot uh, pot and throw some stuff on them. And that'll feed me for at least a couple days if I have this big lasagna. Sure. The other part of this is like, like I said, half of my family is Italian. Um, my paternal grandfather. I know you just had Giovanni on the show. My paternal grandfather was also named Giovanni. Whoa. Um, we got a time travel situation here? Or? Yeah. If Giovanni is my grandfather, then I got bad news for him in the future. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think it's a time travel situation. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> half my family is Italian. And uh, there's these, a couple of recipes have kind of trickled down mm. through time. I, I really like, for being part Italian, I don't feel an especially strong like connection to even being like Italian-American or sure. anything like that. Um. But one of the things that did get passed down was uh, the sauce recipe, or gravy, as we call it. Uh Um, It's that type of Italian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I would, you know, my dad, when I was growing up, used to, like, on Saturdays, he would get up, he would start to prepare all the ingredients for the sauce, he would make meatballs, he would, uh, you know, pull out, like, get the sausages ready for it, like, make this big, hearty meat sauce, and then that would cook overnight, usually in the slow cooker. And then we would have that ready on Sunday, and we would usually have that with some type of pasta. Um, we did have like a pasta machine. We were able to like make some homemade pasta for a little bit. It's a big pain in the butt sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It gets it can get real messy. 
Um, but like we'd have like a homemade pasta and a homemade uh, gravy on top of it. It was great. It was great. And so I would, when I started making lasagna, I would make my own sauce to go with it. And that was really the most like labor intensive part of it because I would have to start the day before. Okay. I would start, you know, with uh, preparing all the like the tomatoes, the fresh ingredients. I actually pulled up uh, the list I had for the things I used to include in this stuff. So it would be like, you know, the sauce itself would just be like tomatoes, tomato paste, fresh garlic, green peppers, red peppers, um, whatever else I felt like throwing in there. And then sure. because I often made a vegetarian version of this lasagna, it would be like some type of fake meat mm -hmm. in there. I, you know, I could make meatballs, I could throw some sausage in there, but it was more often that I was doing this as vegetarian. I was also was vegetarian for a very long time. I'm sure. just not right now. And then in addition to this, I would include things like, you know, squash, zucchini, mushrooms. I used to, I don't know how you make a lasagna. I don't know if you know if you make like a bechamel that you use uh, uh, for that type of stuff. Yeah, some, I'm lazy. some places do that. Yeah, no, same. <laughs> I would do I would do ricotta mm -hmm. as one of the layers. So you do ricotta, eggs, and then I would put like a whole brick or more of tofu mixed in there. Okay. So if you mix the tofu in with the ricotta, no mm -hmm. one can taste it. No one knows oh. that they're they're eating tofu. Interesting. That's so smart. <laughs> and then that, that stretches that layer a little bit further too. Yeah, absolutely. Neat. Um, I would also mix in like spinach with that and sure, such. Yeah. So just, yeah, just to have like a little bit more texture mm -hmm. in there in that type of layer and things like that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's, I, I, and like for a couple of years, I was, um, when I was one of my exes, uh, we would have like their their family would have like a big christmas party and they would ask me to come and make a lasagna for that party so everyone mm -hmm. could enjoy and i did that for several years uh, while we were together so yeah it was kind of like a thing and sure. people were like you know uh asking if the lasagna was going to be there at a certain point and that <laughs> felt really good that was a good absolutely yeah 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 well i like that yeah it's funny when you <laughs> and it's it's like I was saying before when you cement yourself as someone who can make a good lasagna suddenly everyone's like so when are you bringing the lasagna over yeah again? when you bring in that sagni uh, <laughs> give me that give me that lasagni Hey there, it's the Midroll. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review I get during the month of August, I'll be donating $2 to The Depot, my local food bank here in my neighborhood of NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review for this show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There's literally no other way to turn zero into six. So if that kind of math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. Now that this show has been heavily focused on food for a while, I went back and noticed that most of our existing Apple Podcast reviews are really outdated and still talk about the show like it's a comedy podcast, so if you've already left a review in the past, take this opportunity to go update it, and I'll include that as a new review, even if it's technically just an update of an old one, because accurate reviews are more helpful than outdated ones. Also a reminder that I use they-them pronouns now pretty exclusively, and, uh, you know, using he-him pronouns for me in your reviews uh, kind of sucks for me so don't do it Th that's a little psa for you don't he him me please thank you 
Also, while this goes against my better judgment, I'm including a link in the description of this episode to a video that I made what feels like a lifetime ago, where I put on a dumb voice and teach you how to make a lasagna on a budget. Do me a favor and watch it, but don't share it around. Share this episode instead. Let people find the video themselves as a reward for listening this far into this episode. But enjoy it. It's, it's a treat. For you. For you, my friend. A lasagna video that I'm a little ashamed of, but also a little proud of. Lastly, if you haven't had a chance yet to listen to last week's episode where my guest Keith Sari and I talked about growing up poor, showing love through cooking, and life-changing cheese experiences, I would highly recommend queuing that up to listen to when you finish this one. Keith is an incredible storyteller, and I think it shines through really well in that episode. Anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get back to my conversation with Tess Hazel. Yeah, let's actually let's talk a little bit about like the layers of the lasagna because I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. question because I um I grew up making mine with cottage cheese instead of ricotta. Okay. Yeah, which mm-hmm. uh you know is not the same uh texturally no. or flavor-wise, but gets the job done and tends to be cheaper. Um so oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so like I grew up, you know, I grew up in a single parent household and my mom was a part-time lunch monitor. My mom literally like was the lunch monitor at my elementary school. So my mom worked while I was having lunch basically. And that okay. was it. That, and we got mm-hmm. by. Um, and so, you know, I learned a lot of, you know, <laughs> how do you make this dish, but make it as cheap as humanly possible. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, short of doing everything by hand, which can be cheaper but then the labor cost involved whatever right um tends to be a lot of like you know kind of taking the back alley in terms of the ingredients they're using so so getting things like you know pre-made noodles that are quick and Mm -hmm. oven ready and cottage cheese instead of ricotta and (laughs) jarred or canned tomato sauce and kind of sprucing it Mm -hmm. up with whatever herbs you got uh but i this year for the first time did okay not everything from scratch uh i didn't hand make ricotta and i didn't right <laughs> hand make gluten-free lasagna noodles because that would be insane um but i you know made the sauce from scratch and we got greens from our garden and i used mm-hmm. ricotta for the first time instead of using cottage cheese because i was like yeah i'm gonna try this today and uh mm-hmm. it was the best lasagna i've ever made in my life and i was like oh crap I have been <laughs> I have been preaching the gospel of dirt cheap, you know, subpar ingredient lasagna for years. <laughs> and it turns out, actually, the quality of what you're using matters. But obviously, my old recipe still rocks and I still, you know, yeah. love it and it still ends up great. And the thing about lasagna is like, if you get the layers packed in just right and you have it mm-hmm. real tight and you have it cooked well and the cheese on top does what the cheese needs to do then it's like doesn't totally matter what you use you know yeah no yeah. that's that's great like a lasagna will pull together and it can i think maybe what you're saying is like become more than the sum of its parts just because yeah you know having everything <laughs> in that little you know getting it on that plate with the very beautiful layers in there uh if they're cottage cheese if they're ricotta if they're whatever else then you know it's still going to be better than eating those things separately sure you know i'm not you're not gonna catch me like in the middle of the night shoving a spoonful of ricotta into into my mouth with the fridge open oh no no probably not 
not ricotta. No, um, that's what and the cottage probably cheese not is cottage. <laughs> yeah, the cottage cheese. Exactly. exactly I did. Yeah, I yeah. did know a guy who would just eat cottage cheese like in a bowl. Yeah, yeah. That strikes me as like an older person food too. Like that's something that like I might. I I don't fear it, but it's like I feel like once I develop a taste for cottage cheese, I might know at that day when I'm like, oh, cottage cheese is good. <laughs> I am old now. I have reached the later stage of my life and um this is fine yeah this is fine (laughs) yeah no but that's it like there there is something to i think that the beauty of the lasagna as opposed to other pasta dishes that you know could ostensibly have the exact same ingredients right like you could Mm -hmm. you could make oh no which one's which ravioli or tortellini which one do you stuff they're they're both they they can both be you can have you can (laughs) Look, it's one of those days. Is the little little tiny ones? Ravioli is absolutely stuff. Yeah, yeah. But tortellini. You can have like a cheese tortellini with cheese on the inside. Or there whatever. we go. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm thinking like you know even like a stuffed pasta like that. There we go. I'll just go go as neutral as possible <laughs> on it. <laughs> you know you could stuff it with like ricotta and spinach and and everything else that you could possibly imagine, and then like yeah, make that and like you could even bake that with you know mozzarella grated on top of it like you would with a lasagna and mm-hmm. it would be delicious but it wouldn't be the same as right. as seeing those layers because it's almost like here's the thing whenever you're okay. whenever your co-host giovanni comes on the show he is my food crimes consultant we talk food uh-huh. crimes um i'm gonna see if uh <laughs> i'm gonna see how you feel about this idea do you think Uh-oh. do you think that lasagna is a cake oh boy um <laughs> It is. I mean, is any okay? <laughs> it has. It has layers. I'm not going to make the Shrek joke. Sure. Shrek loves lasagna, though. Shrek loves a lasagna. Shrek and Garfield. <laughs> I ship it. Best um, friends forever. Having a lasagna. Lasagna date. You know what? Yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't lasagna be a cake? Yeah. Why wouldn't that layered thing be a cake? And it's interesting because, like, I was actually like before we got on the call, I was like, well we want to talk about lasagna. I should probably know more about like what a lasagna is. Sure. And I guess like some of the, some of the etymology mm-hmm. around like the word lasagna has less to do with the ingredients in it and more to do with the pot it is served in or the casserole dish it's served in and stuff like that. Right. So I guess lasagna like kind of comes from just like having a noodle dish that's served in a particular container. So a better like another way to think about this is does a lasagna have to have noodles and cheese and sauce <laughs> at all or can it just be something served in a nice pot like a casserole right well that's interesting because yeah. i i think about like there it's is a cake of lasagna <laughs> well that here's the thing i think they're i think they are both each other a little bit a cake is okay. a is a dessert lasagna and a lasagna is uh-huh. a savory cake but i think uh-huh. that both of them are also kind of moussaka a little bit okay do you mm-hmm. do you know moussaka vaguely (laughs) vaguely it's uh it's a greek thing um i do know yes i do know this yeah moussaka i'm trying to find it spelled out in greek so that i know where to put the accent but um it is you know potato and eggplant as opposed to noodle but but once again very layered saucy uh thick kind of you know Mm -hmm. it would be easy to look at one before it gets dished up and served and think, oh, that's a lasagna, and then have a really horrifying experience after it gets cut into. Um, Not saying that happened to me when I was like 12 or 13 and scarred me for life, but it may have. Um, I think that they are all the same kind of thing, right? Where you, Mm. you bake a thing in a big pan 
and then you cut a square of it out and put it on a plate for someone and it is layered and it is layers that vary in texture but then you try Mm. to do them tight so that it kind of is good (laughs) yeah there's a sentence um, you don't, you don't want a loose loose lasagna. You don't want no. it to just fall apart. No, and you have to have that balance too cuz like if you're if you have too much sauce then you get a runny lasagna even if you let yeah. it set which is not good. There's mm-hmm. there's an art to it that I feel like I I only really despite years and years like this is I think the first thing I learned to make like in the oven instead of just on the stove. Um mm-hmm. and I've been making them like for most of my life at this point that's horrifying and like i (laughs) i i think only in the past few years have i gotten good at the balance of it you know yeah yeah it takes some it takes some practice Mm -hmm. definitely so what we've determined here is lasagna moussaka and layer cakes Mm -hmm. are all essentially the same thing yeah do you remember that thing that was happening like on the internet a couple years ago at this point where people would cut it like have something that looked like a different food and cut into it and then reveal it was cake. Everything was cake, yeah. Everything was cake. Now imagine that, but with a lasagna. If you have a big old hamburger in front of you, right? Yep. Hamburger, apparently also lasagna because it's served in layers. Um, yep. yep, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's, it's a fright, yeah. Yep. And someone shows it to you and they cut into it and just a bunch of ricotta and yep. sauce and vegetables are in there. Now, is that going to be more or less pleasant than seeing it revealed to be a cake? I think more Mm. because two reasons. One, burger savory, lasagna savory. Sure. Yeah. And two, I think more of the time I would would like a lasagna than I would like a cake. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Now, have you ever put frosting on a lasagna? Not to my knowledge. (laughs) Mm. Okay. You don't think that would work out? Ah, look, I don't think it would be an improvement. I don't know if it would ruin it. (laughs) It might be a lateral move, you know? Yeah, you just put like some some cake frosting on top of a lasagna, maybe write out like a nice message on there. Yeah. And then serve that to someone. Yeah, that's it. Traditional, traditional Italian (laughs) birthday cake. (laughs) Giovanni just had a birthday, right? Yeah. At at the time we're recording this, it is yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He just had a birthday. Big old Um, lasagna cake. We didn't get him. No, we didn't give him a lasagna cake. We tried to get a polar pizza, which is another Mm. traditional Italian. uh, Straight from Naples. Straight from, straight from, (laughs) traditional Neapolitan dessert, a polar pizza, (laughs) but no one... They, we couldn't get one. No one was selling them. Damn. Apparently, they've, they've run out of polar pizzas. They don't exist anymore. And that's why we need to make sure that we hold major large companies accountable about global warming and climate change and their footprints because <laughs> yeah, it, we're losing our polar pizzas. <laughs> listen, <laughs> there's a climate catastrophe <laughs> happening, and it's nowhere more evident than in our sudden lack of polar pizzas. We need to get everybody on this. Call your state representatives. Call the Queen of yeah. England. Call the Dairy Queen. <laughs> Make sure that they all know. Oh, uh, uh, no. no. <laughs> stupid, stupid podcast. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask you one final lasagna question before we wrap up. Okay. And that is, what do you think for you is the perfect piece of lasagna? Oh, I'm talking ingredients, I'm talking texture, I'm talking temperature even. Are you someone who likes it cold the next day like me because I'm a monster? Mm. 
Well, that's not true. So cold Italian food in general, I find, is like much can be much improved by waiting a day to eat it and having it cold the next day. I've had this with pasta, had this with lasagna, I've had this with all types of stuff. It's it's something about I don't know maybe the the if it's a tomato based thing, then maybe it kind of like settles out in a particular way. Some of the acid kind of like chills out. I don't know what it is, but yeah, no. Next day Italian is usually pretty good. Next day Italian is my new religion. <laughs> yeah the the church of latter-day italians um so my my i think the ideal lasagna piece for me i do like it hot i like it like when it's come out of the oven uh and has t- had time to set and, and get into that appropriate texture all the cheese kind of like starts settling down and stuff i like it hot i like a little bit of spice i like if it's the sauce in it i like a a little bit of a heat in my sauce um which i know it might be a controversial thing for some people but i do like when it has like a little bit of a bite into it because there's just so much there's so much in a lasagna that will cancel out any heat Mm -hmm. um you have the cheese you have the mozzarella you have I, i like ricotta um all this, all these are like kind of very creamy flavors mixed in there. So any like small amount of heat in there, I find very welcome. Sure. And then like I do like a lot of like different vegetables mm-hmm. in it. I like uh, you know a zucchini. I like squash. I like uh, you know, a lot of like I guess quote unquote traditional Italian vegetables. You know. Uh, things like that. Like yeah, yeah. Zucchini and squash are really like the ones I go to. Sure. Yeah. When I'm like yeah no like. Italy zucchini right perfect yeah. great I like eggplant in there too uh, sure. one one year when I was experimenting with some of the different lasagna ingredients I actually um, made and prepared eggplant parm down to the point of like uh, fry like just doing like a quick fry in uh, a pan instead of like baking it and then I put in my lasagna there was just a layer of fried eggplant in it that added mm. like a little bit of a, a crispiness sure. <laughs> that was welcome. I know sometimes it could be a little bit weird, like, oh, it's a very soft dish. There's something crunchy in here that's bad. But, you know, it, it worked out in, sure. a, in a very interesting way to just, like, have this l- extra layer of, like, very thick eggplant in there hmm. um, that brought a lot of, like, juiciness. Right. <laughs> well, then, it, then it's almost like an um, eggplant parm lasagna, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's you know basically what it was. I like um, that. Yeah, I don't know a little heat in the sauce. I don't. I mean, I haven't really done a bechamel in my lasagna in a while. I it's not something I automatically go to. That mm. just takes. I think the payoff for a bechamel can be really good, but I just don't have the patience sure. to stand there and, and stir it all the time and then integrate that into like making basically a cheese sauce. Right. Yeah. Uh, to go in there so just like just put the ricotta just do the ricotta mm-hmm. yeah i think that's kind of my ideal is you know a little bit of heat plenty of vegetables and just that kind of like very creamy ricotta in there mm-hmm. i like that yeah 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 i think i'm similar in that i don't necessarily i don't need it to be too complicated i uh i do like a lot of vegetables but only if i can get them to a place where the texture is going to work you know like right. uh, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if I would go for a thick slice of of eggplant. I think probably that sounds like it would taste really good, but I think it would throw the texture off for me. 
but mm. I think like thin sliced could work really, really well. I think, you know, having some like mushroom chopped up and, and sliced in there, you know, kind of mm-hmm. as a layer. Um, but I think that for me, the, the key, I think for like vegetable integration into lasagna, if you can, that's a weird way to put mm-hmm. that, but like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Is, uh, I think greens do it, do it best, you know, spinach and, and, kale if you're nasty and like mustard (laughs) greens and things like that like we have um we have several different kinds of greens growing on our balcony and uh last time i made a lasagna we just took like everything that we had basically and i like layered Mm -hmm. it out kind of mixed up and it was delicious and it was so it was so nice to get kind of a slightly different flavor profile out of that than usual but because greens don't take over the flavor as much they just Mm -hmm. kind of like exist it uh it still tasted like a lasagna like it didn't taste like i was trying to do something different with it i think there's something there's something really nice about that like when you can find that way to kind of do that in a way that feels smooth but at the same time i will sometimes chop up like kalamata olives and and kind of oh yeah mix them throughout and like that gives you that little pop of salt here and there and that's also really yeah. nice. yeah i'll often put that in like uh my sauce like right. kalamata or kalamata or even like black olives sure. will just like as a as a later ladder like <laughs> next day addition to the sauce a latter really day addition add that latter day <laughs> latter day sauce uh, <laughs> i like now that. the thing talking about greens is interesting because like when i was a young kid i was like out of my head for kale i used to make my dad my dad was a, a bartender and he worked at a restaurant and i used to demand that he bring back raw kale right. uh, from his ships and I would just eat it amazing I would just eat raw kale like as a five year old okay. and this was like before uh, like kale became like a health food right yeah because all the, like my dad would be like I gotta bring back this bag of kale for my kid and his coworkers would be like why it's a garnish why are you letting your kid eat the garnish that we serve under a burger what right. are you doing but yeah no I think you know you're yeah i think you are correct <laughs> in your assessment of greens i've never put kale in a lasagna i am interested to see how that might work out i don't think i have either i just listed it as an example uh, but but i'm a big fan of like mustard greens specifically mm. yeah i i think lasagna i think that lasagna is one of those things that by virtue of being you know grain and sauce and cheese as the sort of main three kind of components you can do so many beautiful things with it if you mm-hmm. experiment a little bit right like i mean like you were saying bechamel real nice not always you know keen to put the effort into doing it um so i would say you know if you're feeling like you want an easy alternative to bechamel so that you can make a cream sauce for your lasagna just to pick up a jar of cheese whiz and slap that bad boy on there yeah sure do it do real like philly cheesesteak style lasagna yeah in there. Just, exactly just really really get that in there layers now of I shaved have, beef yeah some shaved oh. you know what here's the thing okay philly cheesesteak shaved beef you got peppers you got onions you got uh cheese cheese whiz or i've had it with uh like a i think swiss i can't remember. i haven't it had be provolone i feel like it's maybe provolone provolone that's yeah, the one it's yeah. provolone right that and you put it in a in a carb mm-hmm. that's a lasagna you Basically. just got a lasagna that's a lasagna to go that's it and yeah. by by extension a philly cheese steak is a philly cheesecake that's what i always say it is. that's right it's my motto. yeah i got a tattoo of it right here <laughs> oh yeah no that's great <laughs> 
I don't usually show people my stomach on calls, but you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, I like how you integrated the belly button into it. Well, that's um, it. Yeah, Philly, a Philly cheesecake, huh? Yep. But cheesecake, not a lasagna. No, absolutely not. Yeah. No, no. not mm-mm. 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 Chicago style pizza, deep dish, probably maybe a lasagna. Maybe if you a get lasagna. the one, if you get the one, if you go to like a Lou Malnati's and you get a sausage one where they don't break up the sausage, it's just like a layer of flat sausage on top of the dough. <laughs> that makes it a lasagna. But if it's more broken up, then I think I don't know. It's like a, it's like a that one's a cake. I'll say that one's a cake. Yeah, but I, not a lasagna. No, that's the only thing, only food that is a cake and not a lasagna. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I think we got somewhere with this. I think we figured it out. Oh, did we? We got to the okay. bottom of lasagna. We figured out what the bottom of lasagna is, and usually it's it's a thin layer of sauce. Usually, yeah. You yeah. know, I'm shocked that you didn't actually do this topic with my co-host Giovanni, because seeing as he loves Garfield so much. Yeah. Well, you know, I I thought about that, but then I thought maybe you and I could address the the Garfield in the room. Um do you know offhand does does Giovanni have enough Garfield merchandise in his home or do we need to do something to kind of improve on that for him? You know, he has a, a good amount of it, but it, he could always have more. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe yeah. I've gotten as well is that he needs a little yeah. bit more Garfield in his life. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to include um in the description of this episode a link to where you can help support Giovanni by giving him a little bit more Garfield. Uh, but I'm going to ask you guys not to tell him <laughs> beforehand, just so it can be a nice yeah, little yeah, like yeah. late birthday surprise. Yeah, just just spam Giovanni with Garfields. It'll be great. Yeah. It's, it's what he wants. He just doesn't know he wants it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, we're all, we've all been there. We've all, we've all fallen short of the glory of God <laughs> and not realized how much Garfield we need in our lives. <laughs> Let he among us without sin be the first to condemn. Yeah. Have you accepted Garfield as your as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, you know what? Mass would have been a lot better if instead of a little wafer, they gave you a big sopping piece of lasagna. Yeah. I mean, why do you think Garfield hated Mondays so much? <laughs> it's because it wasn't Sunday anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tess, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of No Bad Food. Uh, do you have any final words of wisdom about lasagna, about Garfield, uh, about Giovanni's P.O. Box address? Uh, and also, <laughs> where can people find you on the social media if you want to be found? Sure, sure. Okay, you can find the show I do which is left trigger, right trigger. Not debate this. Not debate this. Right. Uh, we're on Twitter at LTRTCast. Um, we also have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash LTRT, where we're working towards a goal right now. We're trying to get 30 patrons. And once we have 30 patrons, we'll do a monthly patron exclusive stream. Maybe we've already hit that by the time this episode goes live. I don't know. If not, you should go and check it out uh, if you can, because like, you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Um, and yeah, you can find Left Trigger, Right Trigger, wherever podcasts exist, wherever you find them. We're all over the place. Um, I guess you can also find Full Metal Bazinga uh, wherever podcasts exist. Uh, if you want to listen to us, uh, the four of us from LTRT plus many guests, uh, go down what we've described as an improvised audio drama re- around the last season of The Big Bang Theory, uh, then you can go ahead and listen to that. It's an experience. Yeah, yeah it really was. <laughs> it was an experience doing it. It was an experience roping all our friends into <laughs> helping us deliver a big, big finale on it. Yeah, and otherwise, uh, Giovanni needs Garfield. Mm-hmm. Garfield needs lasagna. Mm-hmm. 
lasagna is cake mm-hmm. and uh i think that is the 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 trinity right yeah something like that's that the, that's what the, that's the new trinity it's garfield lasagna and uh mondays <laughs> i thought you were gonna uh, say giovanni <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Giovanni. Yeah, oops. <laughs> oh, starting to get a little culty at the end there. Let's. Uh... <laughs> it tends to happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, thank you again. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, this is great. Thanks so much for listening to No Bad Food. Want to be part of the conversation? Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at No Bad Food Pod or at Tom Zalatni. If you like this episode and want to help me make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Chantal, and David. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if that's exciting for you and there's a food you want me to talk about, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to make it happen. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at TeePublic. And of course, you can support the show for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, especially Apple Podcasts, or by sharing this episode with a friend. Maybe share it with a friend who loves lasagna, or a friend who hates Mondays, or a friend who's looking for a new religion to join and wants to join the church of... uh, latter-day garfield i don't know anyway our theme music is by zach ingles and our cover art is by david flam you can find links for both of them as well as links to everything that tess wants you to check out in the description of this episode and last but not least the show is produced and edited by me tom zalat and i as part of the upford network you can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com see you next week you understand just takes a little time, it takes a little time, it takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind, we'll take it slow this time. I'm October Jones, and this is... Hi, I'm Fish with Legs. I'm a fish Fish. with legs. I'm the elemental creature of water, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast called October Jones and Fish with Legs, starring me and my best friend, (laughs) October Jones. Nailed it. October and Fish is a fictional series that follows me and Fish with Legs as we try to stop an evil two-headed snake from releasing a terrible monster. And make friends, and go on adventures, and get captured a lot, and escape a lot, and encounter racism. And what? And learn very special lessons every third episode. I have not learned a single lesson. Yes, you did. We learned about being friends, and authoritarianism, and colonialism, and how to defeat a giant crab. Authoritarianism? They're in authority for a reason, Fish with Legs. If everyone followed the rules set in place by the human government, then there wouldn't be- for adults and kids. (laughs) New episodes on Mondays. You can find it wherever you find podcasts, and of course, on the Upford website. Okay, that's it. Bye! Hi, I'm Anthony Giorgio, host and producer of Queer Teen Podcast. Queer Teen Podcast encourages the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Listen, learn, and love as you get to know the next queer youth leaders of the world. Queer Teen Podcast celebrates, elevates, and narrates how the LGBTQ community uses our voices to tell our stories. 
You can find Queer Teen Podcasts on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And please, please, please subscribe today. And don't forget to listen, learn, and love.